Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So this week is Joe Coy, who is a good uh, buddy uh, we mm -hmm. see out, uh, killing it out there in the stand-up world, selling out arenas and yeah. just really shaking it up. And sometimes what we do on the show is we take someone a little out of the SNL box and just, you know, we want to expand a little bit as we move along. And mm -hmm. uh, Joe is a great guy who is, everyone's touched in some way by SNL or the people on it, so... He was a perfect uh, candidate for that. Yeah. He's become a superstar stand-up. And he talks about his journey to get the stand-up world to pay attention to him. A whole story around Netflix. That's you, Ted Sarandos, and his success. So it's a, you know, it's a really interesting story. He's a very likable guy. Lots of energy. Yes. So. Yeah. Has a big following and uh, mm -hmm. very light in his feet. Very fun to talk to. and Great stand-up. We think you will like this episode, so stick around. Joe, do you remember when we first met? Yep, and I cried. And I cried. Uh, that was very. Uh, I never. I never forgot that. So Joe was opening for John Lovitz. Hello, John Lovitz in San Francisco. Yep. Yeah. And Joe was his opener and unknown then, basically. And then when I met you, you got very emotional. I thought it was really sweet. I tried to understand it and take it in, but it was like, and then now I've watched you marching towards superstardom. So it's kind of cool. Could you Dana, cry? Why are you crying? I am right now. Why do you think I have these glasses on? I can't even look at them. <laughs> I, no, you know, it's a. Uh... You know, I was just talking about this the other day to uh, my, my my video guy, Josh. And I was just like, um, you know, you meet people like, like you know, it, it's hard when fans walk up and just say hi to you. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for someone to just go, oh, my God, I, I love your work. And, and right. sometimes we, we don't understand that, you know, because we're on the yeah. other side. Right. Yeah. But but um, but to experience that with you now, I understand where my fans are coming from, because. What you meant to me is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like I, when I when I was in love with Saturday Night Live and watching stand up just every single day and and watching you make me laugh and going to school and imitating you, um, you know, the next day imitating whatever bit that I saw you do. Uh, um, church, church lady, uh, George that was Bush, church later, <laughs> uh, church lady, you know, the, everything, Hans and Franz, everything that you did. Let me tell you. But, like, um, but. It was my escape from reality. And it was also like I was going through such a depression with my family at that time. You know, my mom and dad divorced, my brother dealing with, you know, schizophrenia and going back and forth Whoa. in the hospital. Like it was my it was my escape. 
to yeah. just enjoy laughter. And, and I needed people like you and, 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 you know, Dennis Miller and Spade and, 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 yeah. and everybody. I, it, not, and I'm not just saying that to say that cause you're here, David, it's like for real, like, and, and it meant a lot. And, and when I saw you, uh, once again, like the childhood came back and the, the emotion came back that I didn't know I had inside me. So it came out. It was just like, Oh, there, here's my hero. I, uh, you know, and I also, and you're, you're now on the other side of the fence, but when I would meet people like Martin Short, who I saw on SCTV when I was in college and I'm thinking he's awesome. He kind of looked like I could be his cousin and I want to do what he's doing. So when you see someone who is doing what you want to do before you do it, you always kind of are tricked out whenever you meet them. You know, there's yeah. like a hierarchy. And now you have people coming up to you that are getting emotional and you, you don't understand, bro. You know, and, and it's very sweet. And you have to just take it in because as performers, we're always thinking oh, that wasn't so good or I got to get better. Or, you know, we're always have that self-deprecating side. But anyway, yeah. it was nice. But tell me about your divorce and the schizophrenia in your family as a uh, <laughs> no, but, but <laughs> how, such a great transition. Wait, I I want to say I get starstruck, too. And, I, and Dana, we all do. And I think that's good that we're not so jaded because whether it's in the comedy world, of course, the Steve Martins, the people you grew up with, Eddie Murphy, anyone mm -hmm. from SNL, I would see. And even like bands that mean a lot. And the hardest part is when you do get the balls to say something, oh, thanks. And you're, you're like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, <I> what, <laughs> when people say to me, I try to give them a second or something because I try to want them to understand that I get it. I don't even, but you don't know how to handle it on this end. Yeah. Um, when or McCartney or I remember Jack Nicholson and people go, have you met him? And I go, well, I've met him, but it's not met him. It's like shook his hand in a group like, hey, this, this. And then one time got to sit next to him. And then if you talk, you really ultimately, selfishly, you want them to know you now from something yeah. and then like it. And then, it, and if they light up a little bit, then that's the most fun. If they go, oh, I, I saw you and you go, oh, and then it's, it feels like a little more even than, than just like, oh, thanks. It's like, oh. I think the key, and I, I've coached people about it, because they'll ask me, what do I do when I meet a celebrity? And I said, be very specific. Don't say I liked your work. You know, say, uh, Joe, in your second special, when you did your mom in this part, that uh, yeah. me and my friends share those rhythms. We do impressions of you, and we're bonding over your comedy. That's That's kind of the ultimate compliment, right? When people are moved by your specials and your comedy yeah. and just share it and want to talk I about I love that. I, yeah. I, I love that when I get it from someone that's like in the entertainment world as I am and, and mm -hmm. they say stuff like that. But I, I can care less <laughs> if you know who I am or not. Like when I met David, I, I, that was the first thing I said to David. Like, I, I love you. Like, cause I mean it. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I care less if you know my work. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, you're the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I watched all your stuff when you used to do any of the improv. I watched all your stuff <laughs> one in Phoenix. Like that one moved me when you did the one in Phoenix. It's just like, oh, right. And it was just like, like, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't need validation from anybody. I'm going to tell you that what you meant to me is special because there, there's a, there, there's things that motivate people and there's things that inspire people. And if without, without those things in, in, in this world that there no one's going to be motivated to do anything. I well, I, I was, I had the same thing, Joe, when I was guest hosting for Kimmel and David was guest the second night and I didn't plan this, but Quentin Tarantino, I'd ask for him. Well, who do you want? I go, well, Quentin Tarantino. 
So then when he came out and I'm the host and they're all applauding for him, I just instinctively said, I love you yeah. because I know you from your work and you're, you're yes. speaking to me. Right. And yes. uh, I didn't know if I was too gushy or embarrassing, but to your point, I didn't care. This is just a yeah. visceral, emotional sure. thing. So, yep. Yep. yeah, well, I'll do one more and I'll stop. But no, uh, I, I want to hear. I was, I was in New York and we were just shopping and uh, and then Chris Rock acknowledged me, walked, had full on conversation. And I know this is your guys' guy, but he was my hero too. Like, you know what I mean? Bring Brilliant. the pain was such, such a big special in my life. Mm. And uh, and when he acknowledged me, I didn't go to him. He, he came to me and was like acknowledging my work and what I do. And I was just like, wow, I was floored. I was like, yeah. you're the king, man. Like, what are you, what's going on right now? So that, that was a special moment. That does mean a lot though. It makes it all in your head. You're like, fuck. So people do see this shit I do. Yeah. You know? Because you sometimes just do it and you get nervous and you move to the next thing. Yeah. And it's lonely. Stand-up is lonely. Like, they don't understand what, the, how many hotel rooms we've seen and how we, we got to have that. We, we, we need that instant gratification. Like, like the applause break and the laughter. That, that means, oh, okay, you like that. You like that. And then, <laughs> and then for some reason in the industry, we don't get, like, the same type of love or acknowledgement right away. It's, it's weird. So when you get, like, you get somebody, like, like you or, or Chris saying, Hey, I like your work. It, it, yeah. it means a lot to us. Yeah. Because yeah. It, emotionally with the people around you, handlers, agents, managers, whatever, you could do the craziest special and yeah. get booked on two arenas tour, just stuff happening yeah. to you in, in the last few years. And then it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now we got to work on the next thing and go, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing the chase center. Motherfucker. Can we toast? <laughs> so two, two, can we just take a knee for a bit? Because the first time yeah. I got a million dollar check or something in the nineties, was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. so that's that. I go, wait a minute, can we just like, like yeah. say Let's a prayer? Enjoy this? You know, insane. Dana used to tell me when um, I would uh, talk about like gigs or if money was coming in, and he was saying, hey, you know, when we go to the improv or you do these shows, and sometimes they'll kick you two hundred bucks or you know, you you grew up getting cash. Like I drive to a gig, I get twenty bucks. In yeah, Arizona. Then I got older. I got like 75 for a gig. And then you get cash. And sometimes you would do a whole week at a club and you get like three grand cash. But that meant so much. But now Dana was explaining, he goes, it's not as much fun with everything's a number on a monthly statement. And there's some numbers that just moved around. You're like, does that mean anything? Like, I just want to have it in my hand. I don't really get it anymore. You don't, you don't get no, the feel No, I of, did comedians oh, in yeah, cars. Yeah, you're right. Cold yeah. hard cash. Give me I Jerry Seinfeld understands this. When you do the car show with him, he hands me an envelope. I won't oh, say the amount cash? with all cash. And I felt really? like that was the highest paid thing I'd had in 30 years. I put it in a box. I used it for months, tips and things. Feels yeah. real, yeah. Here it I is. And he goes, close the envelope. They're looking. It was the film crew. <laughs> don't don't let them see it. Come on. Let let look look but anyway, Joe Coy's our guest today. <laughs> and, uh, would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, 
of French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn, and that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak listen and think in that language that's the hard part i think that's it and it's an intuitive process you pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally first with words then phrases then sentences and it's all designed for long-term retention which is great because i took spanish for 12 years and all i know is how to find a library yeah so this one really really you retain it i learned german and i know has to western now no, has to brooder. No, nine abracabras vice fester. That means have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> if someone sneezes, Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. By mm -hmm. the way, the lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly on the wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Let's tell Joe because we know, uh, obviously people know Joe Coy from all the stuff, but we do talk about SNL. We talk about comedy in general, but was there any time growing up? I don't know where exactly you were in the world, but did you, do you remember seeing SNL and feeling like that was something that clicked with you? Uh, yeah, it was, it was my life. Uh, it, it was everything. And from, you know, especially when they, they, they switched the hands over, when it slowly went yeah. over to, to the young guys, when it went to to David and, and that whole, that whole. The school. So the you were there, you were boys. sort of in the Dana, Dennis Miller, love it. That's where you oh, started I'm, I'm watching. Back. I go way back to Piscopo and Eddie Oh, Murphy. shit. Okay. Oh, my good. dad was such a huge fan of uh, SNL and SCTV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was another show called Fridays. I don't know if you oh, guys course. Remember, that remember that. Yeah, oh, totally. And and then of course, you know, Kids in the Hall that came, you know, that was oh, later. Oh, you saw it but, all. Yeah. But it was just I was so like in love with the freedom that you guys had with your sketches. Like I loved sitcoms, but I love what what you guys were doing with sketches. Like I I, I was just 
enjoying uh, the 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 God. How do I say it? But you would get a you would get away with a lot. Like now, that's fun. What yeah. we thought was risque back then is like G rated. Now mm-hmm. it's nothing. But back then it was like I can't believe they're doing this. Like right. Could like, you picture yeah, yourself? So, would you ever think that's something you'd want to do? Or we? I I when I watch SNL. Sort of what you were saying about an escape earlier. I'm from a divorced family. I think we we're all pretty beat up um, with childhoods and comedy in general. But I had, I don't know if I realized it then, but maybe looking forward to happy days or sitcoms at night or this or or watching us now was an escape because it was fun, people having fun and there was no problems. Yes. You know? It was, it was all just, happy. Yes. Church lady, just like, like or, or, or when you did Wayne's World, it was just like, what is this? You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, I, I knew what public access was. And then you guys did a sketch on public access television. Right. And it was just like, this is crazy. Like I was so in love with uh, that idea. Like it even made people think like, oh, well then maybe I could do like a public access show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, well, the, the, the emotional underpinning of that thing, because people have asked me and I've thought about it, is that the two uh, kind of, two guys in a town live with their parents, have an AMC pacer and they're like the happiest people in the town because they're ritualizing everything. So it's a, such a feel good thing. I want to be Garth. I want to be the loyal best friend of the guy who's like bugs bunny. He's smarter than everyone in the town, you know? So, uh, and and you reflect people watching it because I'm like in a basement watching a show going, Oh my God, that's like me and my stupid friend. Yeah, exactly. And so people watching go, that's cool. That's us. That's so true. And that the, literally those two characters were at high, you know, they were in high school with me. I knew those two guys. And it's yeah. just, and yeah. I also loved how, how the intro came on where it was that public ac- access. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Phil that, Hartman. Just, yeah. You're watching oh, public just, access. Yeah, or watching. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. And then like Spade, like everything that you did, man, with, with Farley and, and of course Sandler. It was just like this chemistry that you guys had was like, it was like friends. It was just like, I was, it was like you were in on something, you know what I mean? And it was like this yeah. school. It was like, you, you felt like you were a fly on the wall. Is that the name of this? That is. That, it is. Yep. We, we give away prizes for people to say fly. On the wall. <laughs> if you work it in. Yeah. Good job. That's crazy. Um, yeah, let <laughs> so me get you a but, Rolex and a Gucci bag. Yes, I did research you, so you last much. night. I appreciate that because <laughs> you uh, earned it. <laughs> um, but no, I, I really felt like oh, I'm watching something cool here. The way you guys would laugh, you know, break character every now and then, even though John didn't like it when people break character. John Lovitz would always say that, yeah, they sometimes <laughs> they break character, and I don't get it. I don't like it, I don't, and I like don't it. get it. <laughs> It's not funny. It's called <laughs> It's not good acting. Where did John Lovitz come from? Where that? It's like from 1930. I know. I'm trying to figure out what is he laughing at. <laughs> He's always genuinely perplexed. What's so funny? What's so funny? You know why they didn't put the sketch on, don't you? Why? Because it's funny. <laughs> They don't like it because it's too funny. It's a bit of Mae West almost and sort of a 1940s type announcer voice. It's so funny. Where did he come from? Yeah, he's the greatest. And I always thought thought that was an act, you know, (laughs) doing stand-up. When he started doing stand-up at the Lab Factory, I was like, 
oh, he's doing like this character yeah. that he really does on SNL. And then he and then he called me. I didn't even know he got my number. He got Masada, <laughs> and he yeah. called me. And he goes, I'm going on tour, and I want you to open for me. And I'm like, oh shit, he really talks like this. Oh wow, did you do <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. Well, you I'm You're too funny. That's a, that's a problem. You're I too remember funny. him talking about you. You know, he's opening for me, don't you? Joe yeah, no. Coy. No, no, no. And I'm not even disagreeing. He goes, no, no, he's really funny. He's really going to be big, you know. Oh. That was sweet. That's awesome. I thought that's you so were so strong that night, and John was still new to stand-up. It was almost like he had to pull up the it's, socks. It's a hard bit. to follow a polished good act. Yeah, because you were already much. into your into your you were you were a a kick-ass stand-up. This pocket. is like the early oh. knots or something. I don't remember. Knots. Can, can I give you my favorite John Lovett story? Please. We would love nothing more. He's a friend of the podcast. Go okay, ahead. you're going to love this one. Okay. We're, I'm opening for him in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Hawaii. <laughs> That's the worst place. For... <laughs> We're, I'm opening up for Hawaii, and he goes, let's go to the beach. I need a tan. <laughs> Because he's got he's got psoriasis, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does. <laughs> I need to tan. Let's go <laughs> to the beach. Tan. So we go to the beach, and we're, <laughs> and we're, and we're laying down, and uh, and this guy walks up to us, right? I don't know who he is. He's like an assistant or something. He goes, "Hey, hey John, um, KC from KC and the Sunshine Band, he's a huge fan of yours." But he's so scared to come up to you and talk to you. And he's performing on the island as well. Is there any way you can say hi to him? And John's like, of course. I love Casey and the Sunshine. Of course. Man. Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> so we walk up. We walk up. We walk up. It's the best story, man. And here's Casey. And he's like, hey, John, I really love you, man. I, I was just so nervous to say hi. And he goes, oh, I'm a huge fan of you. This is Joe Coy. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. This is this is this is the first thing he says to Casey. He goes, this is Joe Coy. He does a really good impersonation of me. Take it away, Joe. And I go, what do you want me to say? He goes, exactly. It's perfect. That was it. That was it. We have to reboot. I mean, love it. Let's if Ted Sarandos is listening, maybe Joe, you could produce it, David. John Lovett should just be in a cartoon as John Lovett on yes. Netflix, walking around doing exactly what you just said. I oh, love. So I go, what do you want me to say? He goes, that's exactly what I want you to say. And I'm like, now I'm in a sketch with him. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on first? Told you. Went, last time I saw him, he goes, like me. He goes, David. <laughs> I'm sorry about your attitude. I heard about it. It's so funny, but he says I, I, he always buys a new car. And he pulls up and he steps out of it and he goes, how can I get you in this car? <laughs> He's trying hey, to sell it to me. You know, you little pixie. How are you? That's what he calls me. You little pixie. How you doing? Pixie. Yeah. Oh, Jealous. So funny, God, he is. He is funny as shit. And he's got his too. little dog, Jerry Bruckheimer, <laughs> his trusty, trusty his dog. His dog is not cute. I hate to tell. I hate to break it. Everyone. I tell him every Personality time. is adorable, but the underbite I like every dog undercuts in this. Yeah, I love all dogs. So, Joel, Jim, yeah, ask Joe a real question. I want to ask. So, this, um, so your mom is your biggest fan and really wanted you to go into show business, or just got no. a sense. No, she, <laughs> not at all. No. She wanted fuck she Wikipedia. Would, <laughs> no, no, no. So she wanted like you know I, Filipinos are 
you know, have a lot of talent in the family. I don't know how this happens, but there's always a lot of talent. There's always a singer. There's always something, a dancer. Yeah. And the parents love to showcase that talent. And it's just like whenever there's a party, it's like all the parents got their kids and they make them all perform. And and that and they and they and they brag about it. It's like it goes on for years. Like I I I was really good at impersonating Michael Jackson, but like it was the point where Michael Jackson wasn't even doing Michael Jackson anymore, but I was. Yeah. And she would make me impersonate Michael Jackson all throughout high school, and that she would brag about it. But the minute you get your diploma, it's like okay, enough of the talent. Now you need to think about life. <laughs> I was about to say, where's the impression? So I a talent show for all your childhood, yeah. all the way through high school, and now that's over. And, and that stops. <laughs> After high school, now you have to go to college, think about your career. There's no mm. such thing as becoming an entertainer. That There's no money to be made there, Joseph. And, and wow. That's, and, and that's a reality, I swear. It's pretty true, though. It's, it's I mean, very true. She's not wrong. The odds are stacked against us. But yeah. what was your response to that? I'll show you or what? what? Yeah, I just... I. I, I was in love with stand-up. I couldn't get enough with, uh, of it. I loved the... I, I, I knew I was going to be a comedian. When did you get up on stage? What age were you? 18. I, right out of oh. high school in Vegas. Oh, no, Joe. No. No, Joe. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> My uh, mom would kick the bed and go, did you give your uh, applications out today? Did you walk out of the applications? <laughs> yeah. I go, I go uh, she goes, are you doing stand-up? You have to focus on something. I go... She used to go to Baskin Robbins. I go, I win and no one's hiring. Meanwhile, everyone's hiring. I go, she goes, go again. I don't think, I don't believe you went. Go show me your filled application. I go, gosh. You were like Napoleon so Dynamite? in the day. Yeah, what are you was, doing? Whatever I want. God. Get out of here. This is my room. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and, so 94, and, <laughs> uh, and you dreamed about it like as a little kid then basically, like 9, 10, 11 you started yeah, to think I would, about it. I, I was in love with it at like 9, 10. And I saw Eddie Murphy at uh, He's the Seattle good. Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, you were a in Seattle guy? At the Seattle Coliseum. I bought the tickets with my mom's credit card. And I and yeah. I went to that show. And I saw Live Eddie Live. Murphy. And wow. what did that do to your brain when you saw Eddie up there? I, okay, so I knew stand-up usually the biggest would be a theater. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you see Carlin in a theater. You Big see theater. Robin in yeah. a theater. Mm -hmm. And then here I am in an arena where the Supersonics play. And I remember sitting in the seat with my friend and looking up at the 300 section going, wait a minute, what? Like, <laughs> There's people up there, this too? This is a rock concert. This yeah, is yeah. One yeah. guy with a mic. One man. It was crazy. And uh, I don't know if you saw went to Raw. But there's a the beginning of Raw. He stands behind this red screen, right? It's a I saw it him. in New York. Yeah. Oh, you went to Raw. You saw. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. You remember the beginning of that? It was yes. all the highlights of what he's done. Mm -hmm. And yes. then it turns red, and he's standing behind it. And yes. Like to explain that to kids now, it's, it's unreal. Like, nothing. But in 1987, that was it was incredible. Like my mind blew up. Like I couldn't believe I just saw a reel like that with his body of work in front of me. And then now he's, and he's right there. It. And then he comes yeah. up. His confidence in your city. is not explainable. Yeah. That at 19 or 20, he's a fully born superstar yeah. on Saturday night live. I was a much longer journey. And so in your case, you, you got on stage. Could you tell us about your first night, your first night going up? My first night going up. Do was, you remember uh, it? Your first set. Oh yeah, I know exactly where the the venue is. It's on Tropicana and Eastern in Vegas. <laughs> and it was a it was a talent show. 
Yep. I was 18. I had to grow. I remember it took me about two weeks to grow just a little bit of hair on my upper lip. And then I colored it in with my mom's little eyeliner thing and made it really dark. I swear, I looked like was one of it a twenty-one and up place, or could you get in it? Yeah, it was a bar. It oh, just, so you had to pass it, for twenty-one. Yeah, and you got and a it, fake. I looked like one of the Marx Brothers, man. It was just like this <laughs> obviously painted mustache. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I went up. I bombed. Um, it was so funny because when I wrote the routine, I, I thought for sure in my head what I was visualizing me on stage. And like the the bar manager calling someone from Hollywood, like I think we found <laughs> this kid's incredible. He's crushing right, holding listen. the phone up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm telling you, we don't have enough alcohol to serve the people. They they blocked the bar. Listen, he's getting an encore for his three minute set. Yes, he's doing six minutes instead of three. This kid's unbelievable. <laughs> so God, three so minutes was an happened. eternity. It was literally. Everything that I wrote disappeared in my head. Right when I got mm-hmm. on stage, I forgot everything I wrote. And then I didn't want to get off stage. I just kept bombing for three minutes. The yep. guy kept like, get off. <laughs> I wouldn't get off. Awful. And then uh, Awful. I did this stupid joke about a condom not fitting. You know, that's all I <laughs> sure. knew. Because then, the uh, size of the organ is too big or too small. If it doesn't yeah, fit. Yeah, it's too small. <laughs> okay, but, you know, right. it's the obvious, right? <laughs> got it. Got it. Sure. And, then, and then now my tongue is sticking to the roof of my mouth. And uh, my mouth is dry, and I and I and I say to the crowd, I go, "You ever uh, your mouth ever gets so dry, your your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth." And the lady at the bar goes, "Put a condom on it," and crushes. <laughs> so the crowd is I crushing. Mean, she absolutely crushes. destroys the joke I bombed on. And then I walk off stage, sit down next to the guy that did Lionel Richie. He did a Lionel Richie song, and he sounded just like Lionel Richie. And I'm mm. sitting right next to him. He won that night, by the way. And mm-hmm. then uh, literally he looked at me and he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, hey, don't be too down on yourself. He goes, I just want you to know you had really good stage presence. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and then, uh, and if he didn't say that to me, I probably would have quit comedy because uh-huh. it was so traumatic, honestly. Wow. Oh, wow. I had a similar situation. That's so true. How was yours, Dave? Well, just quickly, this is supposed to be about you, but whatever. Um, David likes to talk about himself. <laughs> I do. I'm going to go back 40 minutes before the story I've only starts. heard this 11 times, so I'm no, good. What no, what it was, no, was I did my, it was at Chuckles and Tempe, which Dana might have played. They always have funny names. Chuckles, and, uh, yeah. I like when they call a Girls a Day comedians chuckle fuckers, because it's the funniest term, and I never had any. But there were zero chuckle fuckers there that night. Anyway, so I go on to do my three. And three. I go to my three minutes. They have to do three minutes. That's three. It. That's you can you... end it right there. There were no chuckle fuckers that night. So <laughs> I, go, I was I bored. Op- I should have opened up and gone, where are my chuckle fuckers at? Chuckle fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so I go and do three and I'm bombing. And then in between, like I did one about mustard and I go, I don't even know why I eat mustard anymore. And then I go, blah, blah, blah. And I do my, and so I get off completely bomb. And of course, some extra from the movie is like a, you know, skinny Thai manager. But just it's like whoever you run into stage manager, but he just manages the bar. And I happen to walk over and stand next to him, and he goes, "That was tough." And I go, "Yeah, uh, that's first time though." And he goes, "Yeah." And then he goes, ah, "He's like looking away," and he goes, "Actually, the stuff you say between the jokes is funnier." And then he walks away. What? And I go, and I go, wait a second. Mm. And that was my, now that's my whole style for the rest of my life. Things between the jokes. That's a comedy album. Cause I would, I would, ca- I would comment on what I just said yeah. to myself. Yeah. And then you get it. And then I thought, oh, it just made me think like, so there's something like you said, 
So there's something there. Yeah. You should have, you should actually go back and give that guy some money. He kept me going. Like you said, yours yeah. kept you going, Lionel Richie knockoff. Yeah. He, he kept you going. But that was nice. Anyone take a second. But that guy, but David, I hate to interrupt you, but that note right there on you is like, that's that's golden. I mean, stage presence, that's kind of like, okay, you you look good on stage. Generic. Crap, but yeah. He saw you, generic. It's not generic, Dana. It was actually very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I, I, he wasn't I, throwing I, that around everyone. I, it's it's just stage presence. It's he a didn't say it to Lionel Richie for, for yeah. sure. <laughs> no, but that but that note on you is that that's a great note because yeah. that, that is you. That's your whole act. It's like, mm-hmm. I think every time you just say on your whatever's on your mind, David, is so funny, man. It's like spot on. It's always been you. That's but it made me think that. like, what, what is he talking about? And then the longer, you know, like you get it now and we all understand that that's even in movies. I was sort of what I, I was in Coneheads, my first or second movie. And they had me just with Michael McKeon and I would just kind of repeat what he said or say something back under my breath and he would keep talking. And I go, that is kind of it because sometimes the joke you're going for that you think is the big one. And then you, and then you say something after like a tagline is funnier, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So whatever that guy, that just made me think of it because your guy said something to you and we were talking to uh, Nick Kroll where he had his audition for SNL and then a random stage manager said something, but it threw him. And that's just someone doesn't realize this is such a big moment in your life. And they're just saying something randomly, but you remember it. Look at this. Years later, we both remember. Nice. I like that. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know how home shopping can be, and that can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you actually do need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? Good question. What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Maybe it is. Why can't it? Guess what? It is. Now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, hold on. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listing and sales history. Wow. That sounds good. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information. All at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Let's talk about how you got to get to these five superstar specials. And you have one out now, live from the LA Forum. Yeah, the which is what well, 15, we can't even talk about that. Fifteen thousand seats or something, twelve thousand. I, I did. You're not gonna believe this. I I, I sold it out four times, and um, I don't believe geez. this. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> That's it's so crazy. Did they pay you a lot of money? <laughs> well, you know, I I do all my I do all my promotion myself. So it, our, my promotion team, we go in and take 
we go into these. Oh, really? Like, yeah, that's where the money's at. You got to do it yourself, especially when it's at that when it's at that level. You don't want to go in as a paid act. You you lose money that way. Really? I don't even understand. When you take, in all, the, when you, when you take in on all the risk, yeah, you're you're gonna make you make more when you do it that way. I played the forum, Dana, and what happened is. It wasn't selling, and so we curtained it off, so it only held about two hundred. But if you have the all the Not curtains big. up and everything, it's still you can say it's the. Forum. I played the bar. <laughs> I played the bar at the forum. They put a little stage in the corner. It's about forty five people, but I, I four walled the whole thing because it's the Live only way to from make the money. Forum but, club. but Joe, you're okay. So where did you get this <laughs> business acumen? Because they said, my research on you is that you couldn't get a Netflix special. Yeah. So you true. said, I'm going to produce one in Seattle. I'm going to take pretty much all my savings, put into it, produce it, I guess, at quality that you would know they would accept. And then yep. you sold it to Netflix. Yeah. Very and you know rare. And I hate to interrupt you. Dude. No, that's uh, all I wanted to say. Do it. But, but not only did they say no to me, they said no to me the whole year. This is the year that they were going to make original specials, right? They, yeah. they weren't going to license anymore. They were going to make it and they made this huge announcement that they, they were going to do a special every week and and they were going after everybody you know and and uh yeah. but they didn't even approach me and i was like i didn't get it because i was i was killing on the you road were doing well like, right yeah yeah and i just like this hour is hot like and i and i kept inviting them to come watch the new hour they never came and and then finally like they just said huh. we're gonna go ahead and pass and i was like what and then they go our calendar's full and we already got everybody, but we'll look at you next year for the year after that. And I'm like, I need to get on now. I'm 45. Yeah. Like I, I don't have three more years. No, I need to do this now. So wow. I, I, I was like, screw it. I'll shoot it myself. And, and uh, we were going to do a small scale, but I'm like, if we do a small scale, then it's going to look like I shot it myself. I mean, if I want them to buy it from me, it's got to look like they paid for it. So right. we went big and I did it in Seattle at the Moore theater and uh, and I I put on every single hat, man. Dana, I I I did all my research. I, I scouted my directors. I I did everything. And here's the the best compliment I can I can give anybody, <laughs> and it's to you, Dana. Really, because, I'll um, take it. <laughs> um, I I studied everyone's specials. Yours too, uh, David. I mm -hmm. studied everyone's special. Uh, the one you did in Phoenix was so amazing. Oh, and, that old yeah, the HBO one, yeah. I love that one. And then, uh, one. and then, so I would study cause I was trying to figure out what, what my stage should look like. I wasn't looking at it for the content. I was looking at it like the set design, the light design, sure. how they light up the uh, audience, uh, you know, where Smart. they place the cameras and the, huh. the one special that made my mouth drop was your special Dana because which one <laughs> it's the one uh, it's the one in uh Santa Rosa Santa Barbara Santa Rosa Santa Rosa incredible okay. theater and, yeah. well one you crushed it but your sound was the best sound wow every single special that I've seen and I've watched I think I watched a hundred specials and, I, and and that's the one I, I I told my director I told my sound guy and I told everybody I go can you please watch Dana's? Because I don't know what he did, but it doesn't sound like any ever, anyone else's special. I go, it sounds like I'm in the audience with him laughing. Like, that is oh, cool. so interesting you bring that up because now I'm remembering that I was disappointed in the sound when I heard the first what? cut. 
And I did, because I get possessed sometimes about things. So I actually did get in the room with them. And I said, I wanted, I wanted I Love Lucy sound. Can I get I Love Lucy sound? Because you can hear the individual laughs. And so yep. they worked with me. And I never had got direct feedback from anyone till now about the sound on that thing. Because I don't watch it again. I'm too self-conscious. But yeah. I remember it was a thing really frustrated because in the old days, they'd have the one mic down there. And then it would create this, you know, like Cosby early comedy albums, just so yeah. crackling. And then they have yeah. all these mics. And so they had to turn some of the mics up, but they did work on it. And so the fact that you've mentioned it now made my day this yeah. many years later, because I really, I'm really worked on that. That's amazing. Did you get the sound? Did you copy it or what did you do to get it? What you just said is what I, is what I heard. And, and 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 I didn't hear in any other special because whenever I watch any other special, I would just hear audience laugh. Just a roar. But yours yeah. was yeah. so like, I was like, dude, I can hear everyone. Like mm -hmm. I'm hearing everyone. It's so full in there. Mm -hmm. And I go, what did he do? And my sound, we we ended up miking the entire audience all the way up to the roof. Mm -hmm. I bought so many microphones and uh. And and when you watch live from Seattle and mm. uh and it's so funny because people go oh he did he add laughter and I'm like no asshole I added microphones it's yeah like, yeah uh, you, know, you don't just hear the don't front light row up the, the balcony yeah. and you don't hear that laugh you're just getting the floor or mm -hmm. you're getting boom mics on the front of the stage and only getting the first five rows yeah mm -hmm. I got every single seat in that, that that special and that's why it sounds like that and it's and it's from your special God did you always have this drive because like you're like you. You're shrewd. You're clever. You're driven. I mean, yeah. I mean, at age forty-five, well, and that's your when one you shot. kind of broke. I mean, you were, yeah. I mean, broke as a nationwide figure, world figure, really, because you were doing really, really well. But then that first special, um, live in Seattle, just you went up like a rocket, and you went to Hawaii, yeah. and you were selling twenty thousand or over. I yeah, mean, you, you just blew up. I broke. Yeah, that was crazy. After that special, it was, it was over. And, oh, and really? So that was I, it. I, so there was there was a change. Sorry, Joe. So that comes out. You sell it to Netflix. Yeah. And then it comes out. And how long does it take? It starts sinking in where you're like, the, the gigs are filling up and you go, oh, we might have to move to a bigger venue instead of a club. Or, or you start selling out a club three nights, four nights, and you go, shit, I bet we could do 2,000 seats. But can I, I, I hate to say this, Dana and, and uh, uh, David, don't get mad at me when I say this. No, we love to but, hear um, success stories. No, I might get mad. Go ahead. But before, but before live from Seattle, and, and this is, this was my frustration with Netflix. I was breaking records at the improvs. I was, I was selling like 30 shows out in a row, like 20 shows four, out in a row. 400 seaters, big improv. Yeah. 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 And, I oh, was, yeah. and I would literally have to stay in a city for three weeks. <laughs> I remember, you know to what? satisfy your fan base. And Joe, I, I'm yeah, not mad. I'm yeah, so embarrassed. I knew you were I, big. I just knew that. I would went. be like at the Irvine Improv, which is a huge one. And they go, uh, Gabriel Iglesias is here for the last week. And I'm like, the last week. And there's acts like this, like Joe. And they were smoking out on the road and you go, holy shit, you know? So yeah. that's more discombobulating of why Netflix or any streamer doesn't just say, we got to get this guy, bottle it and throw it on our place and take credit for him. Yeah, that drove me crazy. I got a, yeah. I have a plaque on the wall at the Irvine Improv. It's like, 
a hundred sold out shows. I'm like, it's unreal. That place is hard to fit. It's big. Did you just get a get small it. apartment down there, or did you literally I would, the I Joe Coy improv? You have to live yeah, any club you play. You have to rent an apartment because how did you sell out Seattle? Was that a how big was that theater? Was that easy to uh, sell out for you? The more I just did, the more I think. Yeah, I did the more, and for the for the taping, I just sold two shows out on the same day, just for the taping. Yeah, and uh, and uh, it it, it didn't make it didn't make sense to me that that they weren't giving me the special, and then after uh after the special aired, that's when we noticed that um instead of selling out like uh uh uh, uh shows out in like two months in advance it was selling out the whole calendar year it was gone like yeah. my whole calendar year was completely sold out oh, and then man. we were like okay wait That's a minute amazing. wow we're like wait a minute so the, the whole calendar year so let's add a show and then we would add a theater and then that would sell out and then and then we go all right let's try hawaii let's just do two shows in hawaii and that sold out in like a minute like literally like one minute and then and then we added a third minute and then now the news is getting involved joe coy is coming to hawaii and, wow and the computers are coming down and, and all this <laughs> stuff and then adding another he added and it ended up being like 12 shows in a row it was like twenty four thousand tickets and i broke mariah carey's record it was like the craziest wow. thing they moved to the big island because it was the biggest island that could hold everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a volcano. I performed inside of a volcano. Thanks. I'm playing a D off of uh, Kauai. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you and just you just started. That's what that's what we knew that. It but was that's different. a big moment in your life that you can't ever get again. You go, holy shit! I'm selling out. I was doing improvs where I would do, and and honestly, I'm not really as known as a stand-up because I do. Uh, I'm an international star in other uh, areas and um, just got to get that in there. Uh, no, but I do other stupid shit. So, but when I go to stand up, I'd always do it as something between a movie or a TV show. And so I would go to the Irvine Improv. Hold on, but hold on, hold on. Yeah. What, what is it that, what is the other thing? I don't know what I else thought I you do. were just stand up. Well, no, I do other shit. Movies. He was in, what was the one with, uh, I do with Sandler? Do over, do over on Netflix with Adam. I do the, I did benchwarmers. So you're what it, so when you're doing He's stuff, an international icon. And you go to a club and then you remember Joe, like and Dana knows, there's this year's the first year I'm doing a theater tour because when I when your eyes not on the ball and you're not a, a stand up a thousand percent of the time, I'm just like, Hey, I have these two weeks off. Is it too late to call like Irvine Improv I love? Or can I go do uh wherever club, wherever club? And they go, Okay, and we figured out and we fill them up, but it's not any records, but it's just we fill them up and I go, great. And then after all this time, I go, is there any like a theater I can do? So I just do one show instead of uh, more. Yeah. And then they go, yeah. And then I realize like Nikki Glaser and Theo Vaughn and, uh, you know, Segura and Christ, all these people are, are filling up theaters and Nate Bergazzi and I go, and you. And I go, and you're doing even bigger ones, but I go, I got to get in that mix. Like, why am I, st am I still doing clubs? And they go, oh, well, if you want, we can do a whole theater. I go, yes. What? I, I spent five years too long. Just, they go, but you got to focus and you got to do like 40. You got to start with 40 in a row so they can set it up and you book the gig and you put a hold on the theater, all that shit. So I'm just like, Florida, you are way ahead of the game on that. You're like getting 
Go bigger, 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 bigger. Joe yeah. Coy start leap to theaters at forty five. Printing so what, money. What age did you leap to theaters, <laughs> I never. Just now. It, just in the so last year. So many. It seems like we had John Mulaney on our show, and he was very humble and in awe of the fact that he's doing, you know, Madison Square Garden four nights in a row. And you're yeah. how many are there of you? that can do, do that one, big. two, three arenas, like you did the Chase Center twice. What I mean, there's Mulaney, there's Bill Burr, there's you. Yeah, there's Bill a Burr very does, select yeah. group of arena comics right now, right? I mean- Yeah, I, I think it's crazy too that like, um, where the arenas are as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. right. it's like, uh, you know, where, like I'm doing two now, I'm doing two San Francisco, two San Diego arenas, two, uh, Seattle, um, Seattle. Yeah. No. Well, I did Seattle. I did the, I did the climate pledge where, you know, I saw Eddie Murphy at, and then now I'm doing Tacoma dome, which is 40 minutes down the street. And that's, that's 18,000 people. And, um, wow. and, and, and it's just in the same calendar year. And it's just like, and it's also the placement, like where, like I'm in Chicago doing the United center. I'm doing FTX arena in Miami. Um, it's like, I like you do another one for the people that don't want to drive eight minutes. Yeah, David, we'll just basketball. pitch this to Joe. It would be fun to hang out with you. you now we, we could be your openers or whatever. And next time you're playing like a, 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 some giant arena. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, I you know, arenas are, but Joe, when, arenas would aren't they tough? I love you to come out, please. What that is, would be you wouldn't incredible. Have to, you wouldn't have to pay me. I would just wave and go, I'm almost 80. Good, good night. But what? I, would, I wouldn't even put you on the flyer. If you walked out, that would be incredible. You too, David. I won't put you on the flyer or tell anybody. If you walked out, it would be insane. I would love to just get applause and leave. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I'm all doing, I you want. You know what? You love Irvine so much, David. I'm doing yeah. two Honda Centers, like coming up right away, right? <laughs> Fucking Honda Center. The, yeah. That's Anaheim, yeah. Anaheim. I'm doing two That's Honda Centers uh, where the Ducks play. Maybe I'll bop down. I was watching before I knew we had you on the podcast. So I was watching your uh, Hawaii one, twenty coming in hot. Yes, and I don't know. I <laughs> mean, Dana's reading it. No, coming no, I wanted to hot. say I got them written here: 2017, 2019, 2020. Yeah. I mean, the the amount of specials in a compressed period of time. But uh, you're at a top. You're a high level, Joe. As as a pure stand up. Do you not want to flip your jokes around though? Like. When I started, Joe, the, we would see like Denny Johnson. There's comics I thought were great. Dana knows all these guys. You could travel, and this is not a knock to them because it's just the way it is. You could do 10 years with your same hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and just travel different that. cities. And that's someone who's just getting lazy, honestly, and just saying, this works. I have a job. This is my job to do this hour. And they yeah. just do it, and they come back to that city two years later, but different people come. But nowadays, when you do a special... And then where where are you on? I think I know where you fall in this of flipping an hour to a completely new hour. Do you repeat stuff they love or how do you do it? No, I, I don't. Once it's on Netflix, that's it's done. I'll never you do throw it in there. the fucking garbage. That's and then tough you get to a do, whole new hour. You got to go to clubs hour. to work the the, the no, hour. I, I work them in between the sets. So uh, oh, while okay. I'm on tour and I, I'm already it, like I, I shot that special in March. I was already working on that before I shot it. Okay. So I had the hour in the bag and I was already working on a new hour before I shot that hour. And now I have a new hour. Well, let me ask you a question, which I'm fascinated by. Like the idea of confidence. 
and you're like, okay, you're floating around. You could look back and go, maybe I was 88% confident. But now when you go out there, after these specials are out, you're you're kind of, I don't know what other word to use, like a superstar level or something, because you've got, your name is 100 feet high behind you, which I think is really Like Eddie cool. Murphy, yeah. And you're coming out and they love you so much, but I was watching your technique and your commitment, your theatricality, and you're sitting on the stool, you're doing a Vietnamese character, you're so in the pocket. Do you feel like you're the most confident on stage you've ever been, or can you get more confident than where you're at? Because I, I want to cry right now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> just that Dana's bad. studying your special. Oh I just, God. I just enjoy, and I called my son, who's a huge fan of yours, and I just, I just oh. saw it, and I don't watch a lot of stand-up, but I go. This guy is at the top, top, tippy top yeah. of what a stand-up can be. I'm being oh sincere. God. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I love you, man. <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> that was awesome, man. You don't know what that means to me right now. That but was, you, wow. but it's kind of true, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, I, it, I, you're I, up I just, there. Thank you, man. You're never at a point with these crowds because they're all there to see you. Like, first of all, it is like an Eddie Murphy thing, so you must freak out that. You, you know what it's like to sit in that crowd and get excited. Someone's coming out you want to yeah. see and everyone's there and you come out, lights go down, they get all excited. That yeah. is fun. And is there was there any transition? Because when we went out with this uh, Sandler tour, we played some bigger uh, venues and it is a little different as far as some of my jokes are very throwaway. And the bigger it gets, I started playing bigger and I had to be careful of like, I don't want to change things too much because it's just, they sort of, it, it, they wouldn't listen as much if I went too long telling a story or too long. No, where it's they hard want to it. be in a big. They're so excited. Big place. They're like a yeah. music crowd, you know. They yeah. want some fucking action. Yeah, that would be difficult, uh, Joe. You, you have a lot of dynamics, Joe. When you get them rolling, then I see you sit yeah. down and you get He's very got voices intimate, and he moves. But then yeah. you're gonna go explosive and. Uh, you know, it's just uh, fun to watch. I, I'm just uh, happy for it. It's fun to be confident on stage because then it's just yeah. that second voice gets out of your head and you're just in the flow. Yeah. yeah. And I and I, I, I tell like other comics that that I take on the road. That, that's the one note I say. It is so crazy. You're saying all this stuff to me. Um, one, the second voice. I always tell them, trust it. Mm -hmm. Like, trust your gut. You know, just like what David said about the stuff you say in between. It's like yeah. that's that's what you bring to the stage. And like, I don't care if I already have a set ready uh, and we're about to shoot it. Um, if it comes to me at that moment, I'm saying it. I don't care. And, yeah. and, if, it, and if it fails, it fails. And I'm going to stay confident. I'm going to stay in the pocket. Yeah. And, and I want to commit completely. And um and when I when I become my mom on stage or if I become my son on stage I become them on stage mm -hmm. and uh right. and and yeah and uh, yeah that I I always trust my gut that's why I'm not scared to like drop the hour I don't care like I mm -hmm. really don't I well it's worked nothing. enough and you got a feel for it you're like in a rhythm of like because you're if something's not right or it's not working it's not gonna make the hour because you and your head are gonna go that's not strong enough I got to get rid of it yeah yep. Mm -hmm. And I and yeah. I never don't I never want to be in that in in that zone that I've seen certain comics because like you said when I used to go and watch comics all the time at the at the clubs and and I would see a, a comic that would come back a, a year later and they're doing the same act and and that would always frustrate me because I'm like <laughs> I'm like I would never do that I'm like I would never ever do that it's yeah. just like, I don't that was that. just a thing back then because there was no specials really and then. Yeah. I mean, the first specials I remember were raw. I remember, uh, 
I think uh, young comedian specials with Rodney or something or Jim Carrey. And I was like, holy fuck, Sam Kennison blew my mind, all that shit. Kennison. And then, and Jim Carrey, obviously. And then you started to see like, when I got my HBO special, maybe there was, I don't even think I knew back then it was a really big deal, but I knew it was a big deal, but there was probably like four or five a year, you know? So those resonated like the early, like when we were on SNL, especially Dana, a little, little farther back that, that's one of the only game in town where you get to go, oh, here's comedy. And when you get an HBO special, it's only the networks and HBO. And that's really almost it. Maybe yeah. MTV. Now there's mm-hmm. 3,000. So it's very hard to make an impact. So if you can cut through as a stand-up where you are and still get to everybody and have these things mean a lot and just keep on a rotation like new material, it's unreal. I kind of am in awe of people who can write really great jokes. Like Dennis Miller, when he does a special, he's got to have you know, 200 really great one-liners, you know? And if you are, have a theatrical bent to you and you can extend a rhythm with your son or your mom, there's just, that's more like jazzy. And all of a sudden you got 10 minutes because you're following yourself down this thought about a character. They follow with you. But that being said, it's really hard to get a great hour that works every year. That's just a lot of work and commitment. Yeah. yeah, it is. I think the first two were easy with me with Netflix because I waited so long for mm-hmm. a special that I already had the two yeah. hours ready right back to back. Wow. And now this one, after this one dropped, uh, yeah, now I'm like, okay, I got to I gotta dig deep in the bag right now for this one. <laughs> but do you stress out or do you go, I want to wait and then maybe wait two years for the next one? Or, or I don't know. This what is do you your do? fourth yeah. In 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 five how, years. How, how close were the first two? First one comes out, it's a hit. 17. So it changes things. So how fast do you go? I'm putting it It was like, I think it's a year and a half. And they call you and say, now nah, we want to do one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call me a year after. But I was ready right away because, you know, I, I want like, here it is right away. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I a have zip to drive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to do the stuff that didn't make the first one. So, that's yeah. the stuff Jay Leno cut. always said you know these guys come on the Tonight Show and they got what they got seven minutes and they do it and then they ask them to come back and they don't they don't even have another seven you know you gotta go back to back <laughs> that's what you do you know you never you never record your act because then people know your act my dad works in B2B marketing but I never really knew what that meant then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Looking to save on delivery? DashPash from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, 
grocery from across town, or anything in between. DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Well, an hour is hard to come up with. I mean, when I did it first, uh, Joe, I got to do one with Carson. And uh, I was going over my set. And I had like an audition set I would do at the improv, you know, to get stuff. And then I think Brad Gray and Mark Gervitz, my managers, I go, uh, I don't want to do this joke because I want to save that for my second one. And they go, you fucking don't save shit. You bomb, you're not coming back. Give everything you got. And then if you don't have anything, you bust your ass to get more. But don't save anything. anything. And so wow. I did every best joke I had the first time. Uh, gentle, and then gentleman, Carson retired. Gentleman joins us. Uh, he's uh, out in Las Vegas and uh, has done made, made quite a quite a splash on the comedy scene. Please welcome up Joe Coy, everybody. <laughs> I just wanted you fun. to have that experience in case you never had it. Uh, yeah, that was incredible. Oh, wait. I have a question about Easter Sunday, Joe. Just for the people at home, I've done Joe's, movies Joe's and movie. some are very, very hard to get off the ground. Is it one of those that was easy or is it, people don't know how hard it is just to get a movie going. Was it harder or easier? Okay, here it comes. <laughs> okay. Um, Coming in hot comes out, right? Yep. Okay. My second special comes out. Yep. We get a call from Amblin. Wow. Spielberg. So I go into Amblin thinking that it's a general, right? It's a general S- meeting. Spielberg's yeah. company. Yeah. 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 Right. So I go into Amblin. It, me and my manager, we think it's just a general meeting. Right when we walk in, someone goes, Steven can't stop talking about your special. Wow. Like, oh, okay. Thank you. And I hug. And then next wow. person, yo, Steven loves you. Next person, Steven can't stop talking about Steven this, Steven that, Steven that. Then I get to the meeting with Holly and Jeb, uh, the two execs over there, and they're like, Steven loves your special. And then I, I swear I do this joke all the time, but I'm like, are you mean you mean Steven from accounting, right? Because <laughs> there's no way it's Mr. Spielberg. You're yeah. talking about Steven from accounting. It's a, it's a Filipino. Which is still good. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's Mr. Spielberg. He loves you and he wants to do a movie with you. Do you have an idea? And I pitched Easter Sunday, which was uh, something that was already with uh, you know another producer, a great producer named Dan Lin. It was in the works, but we just didn't have anything attached to it. So I pitched that in the room and they bought it in the room. Wow. And (laughs) literally like six. Oh, then the pandemic hit. So everything shut down. So I thought, oh, there goes my dream that I've been waiting for. And they called me like, hey, don't worry. It's going to open back up and we're still making this movie. And the minute Vancouver opened up, we were already filming. We were we were we hit the ground shooting. It was all because of Steven. Wow. Yeah, he does cut through butter a little bit more than most people. It's he, harder to get. And he only made two movies. It was uh, Jurassic World and Easter Sunday, and he released them at the same time in the summer. He released so against himself? So you're... <laughs> it was just such a compliment. I, nothing yeah. better than going to see Jurassic World with my son, and mm-hmm. my trailer is running before. Oh, wow, wow. Wow. It was all because of Steven. What like, a, he was incredible. What a thrill. Hmm. Yes. Any more All questions, right. David? No, that's it. Joe is great. 
<laughs> Joe, thank you, buddy. Joe, will be it, David? Yeah, well, yeah. Joe will be playing the state of Arizona, December 2nd. <laughs> uh, there's a stage uh, 40 miles south of Prescott, Grand ladies Canyon. and gentlemen. He's playing the Grand Canyon. <laughs> he plays Canada <laughs> one night only. He's in Sasquatchewan on a... <laughs> vertical uh, chopper's going to hang him up. Anyway, Joe, <laughs> congratulations on all your success. And uh, you're inspiring. Your focus and love of stand-up and the level you've gotten yeah. at is very, very cool. Well, and we're I, not going to end it on that note. No, we're, we're not. On, what about Chelsea Handler? What about okay. Chelsea? <laughs> on this okay, what's your on, note? We're going to end it on this note. Okay. Thank you, Dana, and thank you, David, for what you guys do on stage, because if it wasn't for you two, there would not be any of these comics that you see now. Not just me, That's all nice. of them. You Thank guys you, did Joe. it before anybody else, before TikTok, before Instagram. You guys were the dogs that 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 paved the way for us, and and you were the best of the best, man. Like you inspired me. You made a little kid that was going through a lot when he was a, a child smile. And I remember I heard when you were big. seven years old. Seven years old, he was only selling out 400 seaters. That's how. <laughs> that's so sad. That's so sad to hear. That was a sad uh, time. I don't even like uh, talking about those times. Only little tiny theaters. Uh, <laughs> Joe, we appreciate it, buddy. And I'll yeah. see you out there. And I might see you at the Honda Center. I love, yes, I love you. And Dana, please. We're going to show up at one of your gigs and just say hello backstage right before you are about to go on and go, go on a long story about you on, on our podcast. No, I, I <laughs> we'll see you around campus, but nice to see you again. And okay. uh, I teared up a little bit. You teared up a little bit. David, did you break water? I stayed normal. You stayed normal. Okay. I'm known for being David, tough. Yeah, you teared up. I Just, teared up a little bit yeah. when uh, I, t I realized I'm still playing clubs. His nickname is Teardrop. He doesn't tell you that very often. Okay, Teardrop, nice to see you. Bye, Joe. Joey. Love you guys. Peace out. That was so cool. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 